I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host, and I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. Alright, here we are on Friday night, Word and Worship. Uh, this is January 27th, 2023, and excited to have you guys here. We have now changed Friday nights into Word and Worship. Uh, we do fr- praise and prayer on t- Mondays and Thursdays. I, I just want to invite you guys to spend this next uh, hour or so to just really dig into the Word of God, but also worship the Lord God Almighty. That's kind of what Word and Worship is all about. Um, my co-teacher, Gus, I'll bring him on in just a second. I just want to invite you guys to Backstage Ministry. So you can be backstage here at the cameras after each of every night. Monday through Friday, we have events. Monday and Thursday, we do praise and prayer. We bring on great patriot guests like Amanda Grace and Julie Green and others. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, where you can have a personal contact with them. You also get a personal time with me on Monday through Friday as well. And so after this hour or so of Word and Worship, we'll go backstage and discuss the scriptures more. And you can be on Zoom with us and actually participate. We also have a ton of content backstage as well as uh, with courses, et cetera, like that, as well as Searchy Tool, where you can search all the prophetic words of Amanda Grace and Julie Green and others. So I think you really enjoy the ministry here. Again, there's a link right down below to join the backstage ministry as well as you can also see how to join the Free Neighborhood, which is a Facebook replacement for Christian patriots. Come and join neighborhood.social. I think you'll love that. That's again neighborhood.social and blessedteach.com. Bless with the number two, teach.com. Hit the backstage tab. That's how you get involved in this. But with this, we're going to pray and get started on, on uh, worshiping a little bit. But I wanted to bring in uh, my partner in crime here, uh, uh, and that is Gus. Gus, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Rick. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time today as we just uh, so, soak in uh, with John 2 and get into water to wine, as well as uh, really the, the Jesus cleans, cleansing the temple. So those are exciting topics that we're going to do in John 2. So if you're following along, we're using, I'm using the ESV version. I know Gus is an expert and reads the KJV. So we'll kind of be talking about both those versions a little bit. Um, it's very healthy to get into multiple versions of the Bible, though. 
But uh, Gus, maybe would you start a short prayer just to get us get us rolling before we get into um, this uh, this worship time? I would be honored, mm. Abba Father. We come before you tonight, and Lord. We ask you to wash and sanctify our vessels, make us clean and fit for the master's use, Lord. Flow through us like a reed, Lord, and let your words, your ideas, your concepts and precepts flow through us to the masses, Lord. May you make them hungry and thirsty evermore for your word, Lord. May you make them desire to long for you, to seek you, because when they seek you, they certainly will find you, Lord. Because you never leave us nor forsake us. You're always right there. Lord, we just pray that you help Rick and myself get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit come in and fill not only us, but flow through us to the masses out there, Lord, that all will be filled in the house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Gus. So in a, just a bit, we will dig in to John 1. We'll also get a little bit into some of the chosen clips that talks about Jesus, Clint, I mean about Jesus and the, the water to wine miracle. The wedding at Cana is what we'll be dis discussing. So be ready to dig in after a couple songs. We just want to soak in and invite the Holy Spirit in. So we're going to do the worship part and then we'll get into the word. So with that, I'm going to flip over to just do a little bit of worship, okay? And this is a uh, kind of exciting because we have um, a beautiful videographer who's redone a lot of these songs for us so we're gonna we're gonna start with a couple of just classics okay so I'm gonna put this on pause here and we're gonna dig into mighty to save here we want to uh, actually teach scripture as we're worshiping too though if you look at uh, some of the key verses here, my God is a mighty to save the Lord your God. And so if you look at Zephyriah 3.16, it says the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save, <laughs> right? Another key verse in this song is he rose and conquered the grave. And it says in 1 Corinthians, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. And later in there, a few verses later it talks about how he the proof of this he appeared to Cephas then to the 12 then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time most of or who still alive that could all testify that this happened that Jesus literally did rise from the dead he conquered the grave beautiful it says shine your light and let the whole world sing just like Matthew you are the light of the world a city set on the hill that cannot be hidden let your light shine before others Let's worship him now. Thank you. 
we're going to move to one more psalm before we get into that word in John 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, I worship your holy name. You can see at the top that bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, is right in Psalm 103. Just love these songs that just highlight the beauty of Scripture, the Word of God, the living Word. It says, You are rich in love and slow to anger will be in this song. And Nam 1.3 says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And your name is great, it talks about. One of my favorites, Jeremiah 10.6, which says, There's none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. And that fourth uh, verse that really hit me was, Sing like never rapport, O my soul, worship his holy name. Psalm 34 says, Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. So you can see this song that we're going to sing right now just emphasizes the word of God. So we want to be singing when the evening comes. We're doing it right now.
digging into some scripture as we have uh, Gus read the first part of John 1. Um, let me flip to a different view here so we can get Gus up. Gus, uh, if you wouldn't mind reading um, the first scripture here on 1 John. Let me bring that up. Uh, I'm sorry, two, John 2. The wedding of Cana. Go ahead. Hey, it helps if I unmute my mic. There, uh, the wedding at Cana on chapter two. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine, and Jesus said to her, Woman. What does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do what he tells you. <laughs> I don't know if you want to sit there and talk about that a little bit. There's a lot right there in that first yeah. little bit. Yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you give some of your insights there and I'll, uh, well, I'll amplify. I, you know, there's like all sorts of little things that trigger in my spirit reading this. Um, if you could pop it back up there, or I could look at it in my body. Yeah, it's, it's still there, uh, Gus. You just need to yeah. you just need to pin my screen up. You need to, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need to pin I'm my screen, yeah, pin my screen up. So, so on the third day, well, there's something else that happened on the third day, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I see this honestly. This chapter, I. My spirit says this is about the marriage supper found in Revelation, where we all go to meet 
one, we're all together, one his bride. Uh, so yeah, he rose on the third day and that's what it was all about. He came basically to rescue his bride. He broke through the veil to come to this side, the same way all of us did through our mother's womb. He grew up like us, uh, but he was found without sin. We know the, the story. He he suffered, died, and buried, was risen on the third day. So that jumps out at me. Uh, I've got a deeper, deep meaning here with his mother, Jesus, that ties into wisdom in, in Proverbs chapter 8, where it's like the spirit is married to wisdom, counsel, and might, and so on, and that wisdom the father was so one with the all these attributes that he was married to them they birthed the word because all those attributes are in the word of god and it comes forth from the father so it's like mary to me this is just gusology uh, <laughs> i see i see mary the mother wisdom here because what does she do she tells us in the end there do whatever he tells you Mm -hmm, yeah, which is exactly what we're supposed to do. Wisdom tells us do whatever the word tells us to do. As long as we do that, we're fine. If Eve had done that in the beginning, we wouldn't have been in this mess, right? Uh, because she she sees autonomy. She wanted to know good and evil herself, rather than do whatever God just said. And then, fine. Uh, I really see the the water here as the word, as the Old Testament. Mm. and then it gets turned into wine when we receive the holy spirit uh yeah so anyway, interesting. i don't want to i don't want to get ahead of get the horse ahead of the cart or whatever or vice yeah. versa so yeah there's a couple other things that i thought were interesting here is like uh just the fact is that jesus is basically saying hey, it's not my hour yet but his mom was used by the Lord to basically say, "Hey, dude, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's time to. It's time to go. <laughs> okay." <laughs> yes. And and uh, the chosen is a beautiful way where it says, "If not now, then when?" And it kind of is a theme throughout the series, actually. Um, and so yeah. when he says, "Do whatever he tells you," um, when he tells when she tells the servants, "I love love your insight there about how we should be doing whatever Jesus tells us to do," right? Uh, Amen, through the right. through the spirit, and, uh, and but but it was like she knew that it was Jesus's time, right? And and uh, mm -hmm. and she, and, that, and then obviously Jesus Jesus kind of obeyed his mother, if you will, right? <laughs> he goes, oh, okay, Father, I guess I better listen to you. And uh, his his earthly mother kind of prodded him to make sure. I think it's your time, dude. And and, and it actually happened. And this goes There's on. There's something coming that, right there, that, Rick, is that, you know, how Jesus, he's going to return and no man knows. Not even Jesus knows, mm -hmm. but the Father knows. And Jesus was, you know, the Word made flesh, but he was in a flesh body. So what's to say the Father didn't say, hey, Mary, it's the boy's time. Go ahead and tell him. You know, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. And where Jesus said, hey, it's not my time yet. I think he's referring to that a lot of the miracles he kept hid. He stayed humble because he, it wasn't time for everybody to know everything yet. Yeah, Otherwise, it would have messed up the whole plan of things. So. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was obviously getting led by his father the whole time he was here on earth. And But he also, he also was a human, so he had interactions and relationships with other people, right? And so we see here in verse 6, it says, Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification. 
each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Just think about that. That's a lot of water. Uh, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So he didn't say fill one jar. It's not 20, 30 gallons, right? So this is six times that. Yes. This is a lot of water. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they filled them to the brim. It wasn't halfway full, right? So 30 times five, right? You got 150 gallons of water right here so this is not mm-hmm. any type of small thing that's going on and he said to them now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast so they took it while the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from though the servants who had drawn the water knew the feast the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him everyone serves the good wine first And when the people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of the signs Jesus did in Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Any thoughts on this part? Oh, yes. Funny. Um, Again, I think this is about the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you look at the whole Bible, it's a continuing story about Jesus Christ. It's about God marrying himself to his creation. We, the seed of Adam. God's creation of man created in his image. And uh, it's interesting that there's six water jars. Yeah. Six is the number of man. Man was created on the sixth day. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's, it's the Jewish rites of purification uh, so it's like this, they're, they're filling themselves with water. And what I see is a reference. I had a couple scriptures here. Uh, there's one in Ephesians that talks about the washing of the water of the word. Uh, there's also uh, one in Jeremiah, I think chapter two, perhaps, where it talks about, let me pull that up quickly. I won't take up too much time, but basically... I see the water here as the word of God, the Old Testament, and Jesus is saying to us, to his human grace, fill yourselves with the washing, with the cleansing water of the word up to the brim. Don't read half the Old Testament. Read it all because you got to get it all in there. Mm-hmm. And when you get all that in there, he fills us with the Holy Spirit and our water turns into wine. Now that represents the life of Jesus. So we've got the word in us, we've got the spirit in us, and then we can unlock the mysteries that are hidden in the word since the beginning. That's deep, I know, but this is these are the things that I see. Uh, and then something about draw some out unto the master of the feast. It's like I see, fill yourself with the spirit and the word, and like just like we're doing tonight, we're praising God. Faith without works is dead. Praise unto the master of the feast, which would be God. Aside from the fact that you didn't know where the wine came from, forget that. But I see there the master of the feast, because also he calls the bridegroom. And Jesus is the bridegroom, we're the bride. So who's going to call him but the father? So I don't know. I kind of see that in there. All uh, right. I love that. Back back to the stone jars. As you said, six is the number of man, right? And seven's perfect. Mm-hmm. And and so you just see that God's taking this this sinful men and the, and that water turns to wine, which often represents blood as well, the blood of Christ, Amen. right? That Amen. saves us all. So this uh, there's beautiful references here to just the 
that what's going to happen um, soon with the death on the cross and for our sins, right? Um, but can you imagine um, a family that ran out of wine during their wedding and how embarrassing that would be? And how tragic or, that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was uh, beautifully done by uh, the chosen to kind of depict that embarrassment that could have happened and some plausible things that. Uh, uh, that were there but before we go there i guess there was a, a little bit more here about uh about the banquet where the the servant says here and then i, I here says and the disciples believed in him so why did he do his miracles right a lot of it was for the disciples for the disciples to build their faith right to build their faith and you can see after this it says after this he went down to capernaum with his mother and his brothers so I imagine his mothers and brothers were probably at the wedding. So that's why it's a mm -hmm. real, really good theory that it was probably a relative if he's at the wedding. And all his yeah. bro brothers were and his disciples and they stayed there for a few days. Uh, but this is why John wrote his gospel too. He tells us, right? So that we Amen. will come to believe in the true Lord God. And anything else, uh, else here, Gus? Well, Charlotte backstage the comment in there I find quite intriguing. She said the Old Testament is the old wine skins and the mm -hmm. New Testament would be the stone jars and the new, and that's pretty interesting too. Mm -hmm. I just want to say again, uh, there's a reason this is, is the first of his miracles because it's what he's here for. Finish the process and remarry us, to redeem us from the fall of the garden and marry us back to the Father so that we can enter into his courts with praise we can enter into that holy of holies that only the high priest would went, go into once a year. Now we can, uh, so long as we believe, as our father Abraham believed. So, uh, Amen. Amen. A beautiful, beautiful part of scripture of his first miracle about wedding at Cana. And if you really want to kind of think through, well, what's plausible, that's what the Chosen series does, right? And since they do this mm -hmm. with non-copyright basis, we can actually play this right now. This is like a five-minute segment, so it's a little long, but um, of this miracle happening. And Thomas is there, and in, in the chosen, they've chosen to make Thomas, who's actually hosting this banquet. He brought he only brought two jugs of wine, based upon the what the family could afford. And you'll see some richer people there that are the so the the poor families, Jesus's relatives, they're married to a richer family who is, you know, basically complaining about the wedding and everything, complaining about, you know, should we let our daughter get married or to this, or the Mars basket married to this person? And so that's where the setting in, comes in. It's, it's kind of an important, mm -hmm. important to these poor people that only could buy two jugs and they're back, they just ran out of wine. So, the, so Mary already said, uh, if not now, then when, right? And, uh, so now, now Jesus is in there, and he is going to send out Thomas, who ends up be, being is one of the, ends up being one of the disciples. So this is like pre Thomas being called. So here we go. Five of season one of the chosen. Everyone, please step outside. Just for a moment, Thomas.
Once you make that first cut into the stone, it can't be undone. It sets in motion a series of choices. What used to be a shapeless block of limestone or granite begins its long journey of transformation. And it will never be the same. I'm ready, Father. Some out and serve it to the master of the banquet. That was a rich couple. They serve the best wine first. And then, when the people have drunk freely, much later in the feast, they serve the poorer wine, the cheap stuff. <laughs> because by then, who is going to notice? <laughs> Am I right? But you, you have chosen now to serve the best wine I have ever tasted. Let us thank them for this unnecessary but honorable gesture. May the wedding of Asher, son of Rafi and Dinah, to Sarah, daughter of Abner and Hila, be as pure and as fruitful as this wine. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the fruit of the vine. To Asher and Sarah! To Asher and Sarah! Is something wrong? Yes. 
Aguas. So he was wrong for judging the poor couple, and Jesus saved them. <laughs> and there was uh, Jesus obviously looking at his mom at the end. Uh, so Gus, any thoughts on that? Uh, well, what was kicking around in my head during all this is uh, the scripture that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and the fruit at the end of our branch is, is his fruit. Is If you dry up, if you lose the Holy Spirit, your branch just dries up, it's pruned off and it's cast into the fire. But if you have a spirit flowing through you, you bring forth much fruit, right? And the fruit of the vine, then you think about it in your mind. I see this spiritually, you know, that He's the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the vine. They take those grapes and crush them like he was crushed. And his blood, which is representative of his life and his breath, they squeezed out of him. And now he's transferred that life into us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just so, so deep and phenomenal. He saved the best for last. It's just beautiful. It yeah. really is. And just think of that. So likely this was that 30 gallons times five, you know, of, um, of, of wine, of the best wine this guy's ever tasted, according to the chosen version of this, right? And you saw Thomas, mm -hmm. uh, who becomes a doubting Thomas, right? I love how they have him being here seeing that miracle, right? And his disciples seeing that miracle. Um, it's a powerful, powerful thing. Go ahead, Gus. Uh you know, there's a scripture, we know when Jesus hung on the cross, the last thing they did is they pierced his side mm -hmm. and out came water and blood, which is representative of the word and the spirit or the Old Testament and new. The Old Testament brought forth the word and works and the law. The new is the Holy Spirit. And then there's... Uh, So yeah, there's another uh, metaphor tie-in. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. The water and the wine, the word and the spirit are one. And we need both. See, the Old Testament, they didn't have the spirit because they had hard hearts. They had, you read, what is it? Ezekiel, he talks about uh, uh, the stony hearts. He'll turn their stony hearts into flesh. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a beautiful metaphor for exactly the whole story of the Bible right there in this one chapter about this wedding in Cana. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Great. And I love how the Chosen really um, makes each of these disciples and Jesus himself and Mother Mary real people and uh, with real emotions and issues. And so I really, this is season one, episode five. I'd really encourage you to go watch the whole thing if you haven't seen it. And it gives a lot of backdrop to uh, the whole drama in this and how it was so impactful. So you can just imagine what Jesus did for that family at that point in time. They saved them from a massive embarrassment, right? And uh, right now we're going to get into a little bit more worship. Um, and then we're going to go to the next part where Jesus turns over the tables in the temple, etc. We'll talk about that. 
Anything else, Gus, before we jump into another worship song or two? Uh, I think it's in First John, going back to what I was just saying. He says, this is he who came by water and blood, uh, not by water only, but by water and blood, I think is what it says. So, uh, you know, the word came first because in the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this earlier. You know how things in the physical realm foreshadow and parallel spiritual things to come. It's the spirit of prophecy, which Jesus Christ is. And likewise, things in the spirit will come forth, like the prophecies we hear today from Amanda and Julie and Robin Bullock. And then they come forth in the flesh. So it kind of goes back and forth, one to the other. yeah, we're about ready to get to Nicodemus 3, uh, chapter 3, where Nicodemus talks about that, and Jesus clearly tells him you need to be born of, of water and Natural blood. Right? birth yeah. and the spiritual birth. Yeah, Amen. yeah, it, very, it reminds me of that. Awesome. So let's dig in a little bit more to some worship. We're going to talk about how great is our God now. Again, we always want to be pointing back to Scripture. So when we get into this, look at this. There's some four key phrases in this. How great is our God, obviously. Jeremiah 10.6 says, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. The beginning and the end kind of points to Revelation 21. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This song talks about the lion and the lamb. Obviously, the lion being in Revelation 5, 5, where it says, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. And then in the John 1.36, talks about the lamb where John the Baptist saw Jesus walking by. And he said, And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the lamb of God. He's the perfect unblemished lamb. It also talks about the name above all names. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That's why we use the power and authority of Christ when we pray in the name above all names. That's worship. Beginning 
As we look at more scripture here, and blessed be the name of the Lord. See, the blessed be your name it starts with obviously, and you see Psalm 113 says, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Another key phrase in this song is, When I am found in the desert place, so I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. 1 Peter 4.13 says, But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Third one is, You give and take away. This is in the book of Job. He obviously went through all those horrible times. And what did he say? He said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. And when the darkness closes in, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. In Psalm 34, 3. Let's worship him now. Talk. 
going to get back to some Bible study again. So Gus, uh, when it comes to the next part of this, if you wouldn't mind, that was a wedding at Cana. Now we have Jesus cleansing the temple. So do you mind reading this first part? I think you're on mute still, Gus. That I was, Rick. That I was. Mm. Jesus cleanses the temple. Verse 13, the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Any thoughts there, Gus? Um, well, we know we are the temple. Uh, and I think they had watered through religion they had watered it down so much they you know the sacrifices were supposed to be metaphors for things in the spirit to come that we'd find out later because what the lord does he drops the little bread crumbs and then and then all of a sudden you get that aha moment you say oh that's what he meant there you know so um as far as the sacrifices it was supposed to mean something to them because you had to you had to kill something that was living supposed to be serious and they just took all that out of it people were just showing up and buying a sacrifice and saying yeah here it is you know uh and they were making money off of it you know much like i've always been convicted or had a uh an issue somewhat of an issue with you go to church and people are selling books and stuff like this and all this in in the midst of church and i know you got to make money for ministry to make it go I think there's just a fine line in there with how you do it, how you present these things. Um, oh so yeah, yeah, and I think he it's was just, there mm -hmm. as yeah. the chief cornerstone. To, I mean, he's there to start the temple, right? The third temple. The other two, the one in the tabernacle in the wilderness and Solomon's temple, were spiritual metaphors for the garden and looking back and also looking ahead. Uh, and they're all metaphors for this temple that God is building not made with hands and Jesus is the chief cornerstone and we're all following him we're living stones in this house that God is building uh, and they had it they were way off yeah guys, so 
No question. I think it's also interesting that this was the Passover, right? <laughs> we talk about, uh, we celebrate that here on this channel and, and have the Passover meal um, because it's important to God. He talks about all these, these uh, uh, feasts, um, that, mm -hmm. um, both the spring feast and the fall feast. And uh, God acts on, on these feasts with amazing um, consistency over the years, right? So here, this was probably where they just way overdid it, right? It's one thing about being able to buy things for your sacrifice, but it's another thing where they just, the money changers come in and they just make, a, they made the temple, you know, they robbed the temple basically. And so, and so again, during these big events, um, they probably just kind of really overdid it, but it just shows God is giving us an example of something he wants us to learn from this on the Passover, right? Because that's, that's what should they have been doing, really honoring the time that the angel of death, back to Exodus, which we've been talking about a lot lately, right, passed over mm -hmm. them. So that's really mm -hmm. interesting as well. They also have a verse in here, the zeal for your house will consume me, it was written. So that's most likely talking about um, Psalm 69.9, where it says, for zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Um, talking about the zeal that God has for his house, and that's what this is referencing, I think, here. Um, but, you know, he just he just, just wants want the, the heart to be right, and that's kind of, I think, what the, all the Sadducees and the Pharisees did, like you were alluding to. That temple, they just mm -hmm. completely went to man-made rules, and they even missed their own Messiah before them. Yeah, he came to his own and his own knew him not. Yes. You know, I had a little crazy thought about the cord. Mm -hmm. The whip of many cords spiritually. And I don't know if anybody else can see this. And it's, it's like, I think of the, it's in Revelation, the sound of many waters. It's like all of us speaking his word through our mouths. And that's what we're doing today uh, is cleaning our temples. Yes. The, the churches out there are coming clean, hopefully. Uh, more and more people are coming out if they're not teaching the things of the Bible, the healings, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that we're called to do these things and follow Jesus Christ. So in a way, it's like he drove them out this cords, and now we're all following him. Each one of us is like one of those cords. <laughs> I don't know. It may be a stretch to see, but I see it's like, Constantly, I see little things like that, little tidbits in the uh, spirit. That's interesting. And Lois backstage says, watered down religion just like today, right? Uh, that's what they've done to the all these pastors that have um, are really following 4 a.m. talking points. You can't talk about religion. Don't talk about the you know support support the vir the the mask uh, support support getting vaccinated. Um, it's just really sad Amen. to see what's happened. Can I? Can I share a scripture that I was going to share earlier? I'll do it sure. quickly. Sure. But it, it ties into all of this. It's a scripture from Jeremiah 2, verse 7. And it kind of parallels where we're at today with, um, say, I'd say the United States, certainly, and, and other nations as well that, that were brought into a good land from what they were before. I brought you into a plentiful country to eat fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. Uh, where am I at? <laughs> but when you entered, you defiled my land. 
and made mine heritage an abomination. The priest said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled law knew me not. How much, how bad is that in the United States today? They don't know the, yeah. the ones that are handling the law. The pastors also transgressed against me and the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. You go down to verse 11. Have the nation changed their gods, which are not, which are yet no gods? You know, they're following Baal. They're following all these other false gods, essentially, and don't even know it. But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils, and this is it. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, for yourself with those living waters, and hold them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So it's like people out there need to pray, repent, ask for forgiveness, and get their cistern mended first so that you can hold that water and fill it to the brim with the word of God so it doesn't leak out. You know, it's symbolic of, of sinning and transgressing against God. They're talking about cisterns like the stone, the six stone pots yeah. and, and what we read earlier. Awesome. So it's kind of like where we were, and now we're coming from that into the temple of the Lord and His glory. So, right, and here's J here's Jesus cleaning out the temple. So the Jews mm -hmm. said to him, "What sign do you show for us doing these things?" Jesus answered them, "Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up." The Jews <laughs> then said, "It's taken forty-six years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days." But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that was had spoken. Anything on that, Gus? Amen. Only to reiterate that you know we are the temple. He his body was the temple. They're looking at this building and glorifying that. But God would much rather have us cleanse this temple this temple here and mm -hmm. fill it with his spirit and his word because then we can do good to others and we can grow the body of christ and cover this earth with his glory it's the only way it's going to happen yes the, the temple's not a building it's it's our bodies together as one in the bride of christ yes and so he didn't lie here he's basically saying i'm he, he raised up on the third day Right there's an empty grave to prove that, and mm -hmm. and this Amen. and this ends with this. Do you mind reading that, Gus? Sure. Uh, verse twenty-three. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at pass at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man wow but jesus didn't need them to tell them about themselves he could see into your thoughts words of knowledge it's one of the gifts of the spirit that we can get to know a thing about a person not for evil but for good to give them a word that only god knows and they know and therefore they build their faith so they listen, they know you're a person of God and you have faith in God. It doesn't come from us, it comes from Him through us, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Awesome, awesome. 
And But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people, which is interesting. It's like not just a few people, all people. This just shows his, you know, the omnipotent, omniscient God came to in flesh to see us. That's uh, just so mm-hmm. exciting. And then, uh, now again, this is the Passover feast again. Just shows that God's uh, starting to show, you know, just really, really shows himself much more prevalent on these feast days right and but the beautiful thing is that god used it for many believed in his name and i believe that we're about ready to come into the second exodus where we are going to have the great harvest and many are going to believe in his name looking so forward to that into that part of this i know man and gus is crazy that we passed through a full hour and 10 minutes already and we want to go backstage yeah we want to go backstage where we'll discuss this in more depth and get questions from you. So if you want more time with me and Gus, join backstage. If you want more time with uh, me and Gus and all these backstage people and uh, the patrons we have on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and praise and praying with us in a backstage fashion, um, we're going to have more time at the end of Monday through Friday. We'll get more time with all of us. We'd love to have you backstage to go deeper into this ministry. Let's do one more song and then we'll 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 open up backstage. But uh, this is the Revelation song. So let's. A lot of scripture here. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Revelation five twelve says, "Saying in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing." Another verse, number two there, sing a song to him who sits in the heaven's mercy seat. Mercy seat's an important concept. In Revelation 5.18, it says, Four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, and they sang a new song. You shall make a mercy seat of gold in Exodus, and you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, or I will meet with you. And in Hebrews 9, it talks about when but when Christ appeared as the high priest, he entered once and for all to the holy place by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. <coughs> Jesus is the mercy seat. Look at number three. Who was, is, is, and is to come. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord of God, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty, Revelation 1.8. Then it talks about Revelation 5.13. With all creation, I sing praise to the King Kings. It says, "It says, and I heard every creature in heaven, and on earth, under the earth, and under the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him that sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might, forever and ever." And so now we're just going to worship to that. We're going to dig in and worship the Lord God Almighty. to the Revelation song that's just filled with scripture. This is one of my faves.
Wow. I tell you what. That's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, that is fun. And so with that, we are going to wrap up front stage here. We're going to talk about these scriptures in a little bit more detail, do Q&A um, backstage for around 20 minutes or so. So if you have a backstage pass, join us. Um, looks like I pinned you to the second screen. I messed up there. <laughs> See if I can fix that. But just want everybody to know that we love you and it's so fun to be here. So uh, Gus, any final thoughts on this before we go, go backstage? Mm. Uh, you know, I was sitting there listening to that song as I was singing it, and we're singing with all creation. And just think about this thought. Uh, we all have something in common, the animals, everything except for God, because he is holy. Mm -hmm. We're all created. Everything is created except for God. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. And I, I, and I, my mind went to before the fall. I think the animals spoke, so they probably praised God too. He says even the rocks will cry out. Yeah. So there's no telling what we're going to see when we get to where we're going all together. But yeah. But really, just to recap the whole evening about the marriage supper of the Lamb, I really think it's about the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's about our marriage to Jesus Christ and how we need to fill ourselves with the Word of God. And then he turns that water into wine through the through the mysteries, they unlock the mysteries by the power of the Holy Spirit that we receive because he suffered, died, buried, and seated at the right hand of the Father and released the Holy Spirit for us. People with a carnal mind can't see these things. You can't understand these things because they're spiritually discerned. But I just would invite everybody, just I know it, it may sound seem awkward. To get to read a book, ancient book, and the these and thous. Don't get, don't do the uh, Jane, King James. Go with one of the other versions, the New King James, where it takes the these and thous out. But just start reading the Word and digesting it. It's living and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Put it inside you, and amazing things will happen. We had some things happen this past weekend in Florida. A woman, 29 years old, got stood up about four or five times and felt her feet and her legs. And Amanda didn't do it. I didn't do it. The people around that, that were all praying didn't do it. Jesus Christ did it through us because we were just obedient to his word. She had no he feeling. No she had no feeling in her legs for 29 years old, right? For, yeah, for... no feeling, nothing. They were dead for 29 years because she had a spinal cord injury. And next thing you know, she says, I can feel tingling in my legs. And it's like, whoo, you talk about lifting your faith up while I'm laying my hands on her legs. It was just beautiful. And she was just such a beautiful soul. And she ended up, many spirits came out of her before she was delivered. And I believe she's on the road. I pray she's on the road to a full recovery. Her name was Jenny. If anyone would like to continue to pray for her, um, that'd be wonderful. I hope we hear wonderful stories. But these things, we're gonna see more and more of this. I just know it. We're gonna see more and more miracles and just like when Jesus made water to wine and they all believed, when they see him move through us, each of us, not just some of us, but all of us, if whoever wants, whoever believes, I'm praying for my faith to be increased right now. Awesome. Because even though I think I got rock in faith, 
I want it to be as strong as it possibly can so that I can help people, you know, and, and be a vessel for him. Amen. Amen. Right? I, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm going to pray real quick. We'll blow the shofars and then we're going to go backstage. So uh, I'm just going to pray a little bit about uh, just what, uh, how beautiful this, this uh, word of God is that we get to study on word and worship every Friday night. And Father, just thank you so much. Uh, for the ability to be able to learn from your word, the living word that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for that. And you've told us in that word that you've given us the authority in Christ, Lord, that we need to start using. So right now, by the name above all names that we just sang about, the name above all names, Jesus, and the blood that we just talked about, how that red the water that turned into wine was representative of his blood, uh, and many other things. It's just so many uh, beautiful stories in this verse from John 2. Thank you for the book of John. Thank you for the word, everything that we have, Lord. But by that power and authority, by his blood, by that power and authority you give us, we are going to call down this cabal of globalists that are trying to take us over, Amen. Lord. We call them down in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And I'm going to do one thing here, just flipping over here, because we got three guesses all over, so, <laughs> which is good, but, um, Lord, thank it you. It's always good to have a spare gun. Yeah, it, it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, and we also are going to call in the remnant, Lord. We call in the remnant. Everyone that's listening to my voice right now, you're most likely love the Lord. You want to follow him. And, you're, and if you are doing that and you're not falling in fear and you're staying in faith, then you are part, be part of this remnant, Lord. And I call in this remnant, I call it to everyone that's listening to my voice right now to come into the position, listen to you what their assignment is, and to act on it. And to come back and take possession to these nations, to take possession to the seven mountains of cultural influence that you need us to take over, Lord, at this same time so that this cabal of globalists does not take over in a time that they do that's not their time. It is not their time, Lord. We declare that. We say, set, let our children go. Release the children from all the places that you, you're using them for your sacrifices and gender creation and whatever else you're doing with human trafficking and organ harvesting. We call an end to that in the mighty name of Jesus. We call in power to the soldiers. We call in power to the remnant to take over this, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your word of God right now. And right now we're going to blow the shofars or any nose maker that you have. Lord, to call in angels of all rankings division and call in the justice, call in the justice from the Lion of Judah that you are. Thank you, Lord, for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Father, just thank you so much for coming. We love you guys. Hey, we do this every Friday night. Make sure we study the word. We worship. Called Word and Worship. 
I think you'll enjoy this. Then join backstage and we'll do some discussion of the of that very verse backstage right now. We're going there now. We'll see you in 45 seconds backstage. Get free for 30 days. Just go to blessedteach.com, blessedwithanumberedteach.com, and hit backstage. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Friday. Here we are closing. We'll see you backstage in 45 seconds. Mm-hmm.